God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So the man got COVID. Yeah, he got he got COVID after telling everybody that, you know, COVID was gone last year. Yeah. So he got COVID. You know, the, the thing, thing about this is um, what's serious about this is that he is taking, I guess, cholesterol medication and other medication that conflicts with the treatment for COVID. So he's not on the medication he'd normally be taking, which puts him at other risks. And well, he's 79 years old. He had... Uh, he had uh, aneurysms of some sort, yeah, well, he, and he had clotting, in, and and uh, you know, I think that some of the side effects of these vaccines even uh, may cause you some trouble if you're you're having those conditions. Myocarditis, uh, is, you know, a heart ailment. Yeah. Um, but but here he was uh, just about a year ago. Let's see. Yeah, um, he's gonna he's gonna tout basically tout uh, right here. They're, you're okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, They're, you're okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna get COVID. Yeah, right. Well, they're okay. wrong promises, about that. Promises, promises. They're wrong about that every time. Every time I hear about somebody who's gotten COVID, they've been vaccinated. Sometimes they've been triple vaxxed. And it's transitory. If you're vaccinated and boosted, you are highly protected. There's no excuse, no excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, it's a pandemic of of the brought about by the globalists who are now pushing climate control to regulate every person on Earth. Speaking of globalists, can I do a quick plug since there's a good transition? Okay. Yeah. Um, this weekend, uh, visit spectator.org, and there's my book review of a book about Dickens by a writer named Robert uh, Douglas Fairhurst, and it's called 1851, the the year that changed Dickens uh, and the world. And basically, um, the article uh, in my article, I stay, I identify 1851 as the year where globalism began. 
Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I have yet to see that one uh, yeah. because the last time you were on the show last week, you were you were. It was a work in progress. Right. I don't even think you'd finished the book, right? No, I'd finished the book. You had finished the book. Okay. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, yeah. But so, you were writing it. You were. Yeah, the, I was the writing it. Writing so it. so so over the weekend, go visit uh, spectator dot org. Look for um, my first name, Leonora, and you will see my review of the turning point, a year that changed Dickens in the world, where I. It's my theory, nobody else has said it, that 1851 was the beginning of globalism. Wow. That's when the world got together. Yeah. And what? Uh, well, the, well, the, uh, well, the reason why I say this, and then we'll go back to what we were talking about, but I just thought it was a good um, segue, is that they had this great exhibition, an international exhibition, and then at the same time, uh, railway travel had... Uh, been much improved so people could get to london and other places a lot faster or they could get there at all from certain places and so this uh and and there was a lot of writing happening at the time which if you were to read it it would sound like what you hear today about global harmony and handshaking and everybody's going to be holding hands and and you know and how wonderful this is but there were already people out there that were that were suspects of this and Dickens was was one of them, and they were also suspects. I'll say this of massive integra- uh, massive immigration. There was big concerns of uh, about the the great unwashed or whatever coming coming into Europe. So these are the not great new- unwashed. Yeah, that's interesting. And these yeah. are not yeah. these are these are not um, I'm, these are not new ideas. Maybe they were called different things, but they are not new ideas. So finishing up with the Biden thing, um, what is Paxlovid? Because that's the uh, pill that he's taking. That's a treatment treatment. for... um, It's for 50 and older. Um, It says COVID medication prescribed to Biden is specifically for older people with heart disease and was only approved by the FDA for pharmacists two weeks ago. Right. The antiviral drug is intended to use uh, for use by patients who are considered likely to become seriously ill from the deadly virus. Trials showed the drug reduced both hospitalizations and deaths from COVID by almost 90% in unvaccinated patients. So Joe Biden is taking the drug Paxlovid in his battle with COVID-19. And that's why he's not taking some of the other drugs that he ordinarily takes uh, to combat uh, the blood clotting, to combat uh, cholesterol, etc., one, one other comment about um, Biden having uh, COVID versus Trump having COVID. The big difference is Trump got COVID before there was an actual vaccine. Um, we have vaccines now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it says here, despite the strong numbers in terms of its 90 percent, uh, uh, it says here, the drug's approval comes from the Biden administration spent months trying to increase access to the drug, which studies showed decrease both deaths and hospitalizations in unvaccinated COVID patients. That would be me, unvaccinated COVID patients, by nearly 90%. Yeah. Despite those strong numbers, the drug was found to be less effective in treating vaccinated patients, mm-hmm. which Biden is three times over, and doctors have reported symptoms re- returning in some patients after Paxlovid treatment. So... Yeah, that's uh, over at the Daily Mail. Um, there's more to that, but, you know, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, and then uh, we were talking about globalism. Yes. And globalism is 
and climate change are pretty much part of the same tactic. You know, this inflation that we see, everything else. But Klaus Schwab, I'm going to play an old clip that we've heard before, and then I'm going to play a new clip that we've never heard before. Okay. All right, so let's take a listen to Klaus Schwab. And he just, his accent, that Austrian accent, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Hitler came from the Austrian region of Germany, you know, like Germany, but the closest yeah, the border. Of, no, yeah, I know border exactly because I've been to Hitler's birthplace when I was in Austria because it's right over the border. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, and you and I were both in Salzburg. Yes, we at were. At different times. At so. different times. But, but, but we will and, go and again. I, and I skied Kitzbühel. Yeah. yeah. I skied that mountain. Yeah. It's a former Olympic mountain. But in any case, um, here we go. Here's Klaus Schwab. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brez- of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the capital. So, so already, Trudeau, you know, he's the guy that had the uh, Canadian um, uh, police run, run over with their horses. Yeah. The mounted police. Yep. Run over, the, run over a woman's face uh, with their horses. Seized the bank accounts of the Ottawa truckers. Yeah. Right? And he's, you know, a radical socialist. And he's getting praised. And he's getting praised. And Argentina has an inflation rate of about 60-something percent. Yeah. Because they've gone green and they've cracked down on fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and they are basically a dictatorship now. And uh, that's what they want to do to Brazil. Yeah. And so for him to mention those, and now he's going to talk about how they're penetrating, they're penetrating these these, um, uh, legislatures in these countries to make a huge difference globally and it's easy for him to sit there and talk because he's got the media in his pocket because the media is on his side yes and he's also has all the corporate leaders in the world basically that's what davos is all about it's about making guarantees and promising kickbacks and return on investment for their cooperation and let's just continue to take a listen here president of of Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of of this cabinet are are actually young global leaders of the world economy. And that's true in Argentina too. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the president, with a young global leader. But what is important for me. 
So, make, you know, Fr- France in, is also struggling. France is in a mess right now with um, Macron because he, he he doesn't have, his party doesn't have the majority among the legislators. And so it's, you know, he's being pulled between but between the extreme right and the extreme left. It, it's a disaster right no, now. No, the globalists are losing. We are, the, the patriots and the nationalists and the conservatives are winning. Yeah. See, that's what it is. It's globalism, socialism, communism, tyranny, fascism, centralized authority with n- taxation with no representation. Uh, these are not elected officials. These are people that are buying their way in. And that's what this is. This is a there's a clear definition. And those who support giving money to Ukraine are the same people that are supporting the climate initiatives. They're the same people that are in charge of uh, the COVID lockdowns. And we all know that Burks lied now. She put out a book and she basically, you know, Deborah Burks admitted it. Yeah. Right. So these are a bunch of liars and they've yeah. been lying. I got banned on Facebook again. Oh, so, no. You're back in Facebook prison? Yeah. 90 days, you know, again to uh, to to basically uh, every post gets to the bottom of the queue. Yeah. So no one's going to see my posts over there. But the thing is, is that all I did was I put down a list. It was a benign list of like in the seventies they called predicted this, and in the eighties they predicted this, and in the you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but here's Klaus Schwab right here. Um, uh, this is the new clip that uh, he talks about the Great Reset, and basically, he's not suggesting that COVID was an opportunity, but he may as well. He wouldn't be that stupid as to say that. Well, yeah, he, he would be. But um, you could see it almost dripping out that that's what he's looking at. He's looking at COVID. He's looking at climate. The, the fact that he even mentions these things mm-hmm. means that it's in his head and that this was all part of a strategy. Thanks also to the leadership of China in terms of fighting the pandemic in terms of reinvigorating its economy we have now a window of opportunity to create this global reset which we all need this global reset is necessary because we have seen that our policies which we pursued before the coronavirus struck us that those policies do not create the necessary inclusion of society necessary for harmonious societal development. And they do not create the sustainability of what we are doing. Just think of the global warming, how fast it is developing in the opposite into the negative direction. So we have a great opportunity at this moment, like we had after World War II, to have in some way a new beginning in our global cooperation, in globalization, in managing our global affairs. I hope that we will not miss this opportunity. Yeah, well, he's missing it. That's what's happening. Is As long as we fight back, and you know, I... Um 
I was watching an InfoWars uh, segment where you and you and I both know Dick Morris is the one that predicted uh, is predicting. Uh, well, I'm not a big Dick Morris fan at all, but no. um, he's the one that was predicting President Trump. Right? Yeah, and he's got he's out with a new book, which I'm not reviewing. So InfoWars <laughs> InfoWars comes out, and this guy who I've never heard of, and I don't even know his name. But he was a guest with Alex Jones on uh, on the Alex Jones show, right? And uh, and he was saying, "Well, my sources are telling me, yeah, your source is Dick Morris. Is probably what it was, you know. I just, uh, you know, no one, no one really knows for sure. But there was a good point that was made, and that is that, and they didn't make it actually. Somebody else was talking about this." Um, but he was saying, my sources tell me that it's a done deal, that Trump has already shaken hands with uh, DeSantis, and it's a done deal. Trump's going to be the heir apparent. DeSantis is going to be his running mate, and that's it. Boom. Done. Did you hear the part about who he's supposed to be running against? No. Hillary Clinton. He says it's going to be ma- the matcher. It's going well, to be. I'm the re- hearing Michelle Obama. Well, I've heard that too. But but Dick Moore, if you're talking about Dick Morris, he's saying, and he said this within the last week, that it's going to be the rematch of all times. Hillary Cl- and Hillary has well, said again she's going to run. But I think the party. I have very little respect for Dick Morris. Oh, of course I do too. But the par- but I think the par- the Democrats would be actually probably more enthusiastic about Michelle Obama because she supposedly always says no. But but I don't I think no you know well, in her case may mean yes. Well, she does not have the, the she's too thin skinned, and uh, I think there's too many skeletons in her bo- pocket uh, as well. Um, you know the deals that the Obamas have been in for them to have gotten so rich through public service is ridiculous. Well, they, yes, they got rich through public service, and the Clintons got rich through but public service. Trump the was way, the only one who came out poorer. The biggest threat, and this is why apparently they had some televised thing on all the channels but maybe fox didn't cover it but you know the uh j6 yeah they had something going on last night yeah they did <laughs> i woke up this morning and i'm like they did <laughs> you yeah, know like they did. who's who cares and you know pence of course is a never trumper now yeah right and uh and i'm a never pencer so that's fine with me pence stands zero chance at anything because he's mm-hmm. never really you know he has no charisma um, but in any case, the thing is, the uh, the way you beat Klaus Schwab, the guy we were just listening to, mm-hmm. is something I've said for, I don't know, maybe almost a year now. I said the way we take our country back is we, we uh, this, this election in 2022, we take back the House and, God willing, the Senate. Uh, we take them both back, and we put a kibosh on the you know any kind of justices that might be coming around the corner, and we put a, a kibosh on, and, and we, we we accelerate the investigation into Hunter Biden because there's even a new investigation where Hunter Biden was doing business uh, w- with Putin himself, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to do business with Putin. Uh, and getting an oil cha- distribution channel to China, yeah. And he wanted to be a piece of that action. Talk about like, you know, talk about the biggest traitor to American interests, right? That would be number one. But 
So there is a clip that I might be able to play today if we have time. That I just heard it's from Australia, Sky Australia. It's, it's actually kind of interesting because it's new information about Hunter and some text messages that indicate that he wanted to do business with uh, Putin. Mm-hmm. But the way you take our country back is you win in 2022. Um, yeah, you got to keep winning. Okay, that, 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 that goes without saying. Um, because otherwise, <clears throat> you know, like for New York State, I think Lee Zeldin, is a great candidate to go up against Tokel. Oh, he's a wonderful candidate. And what happened yesterday with uh, somebody coming on stage with a knife, that, the fact that he was able to get that close to him, I think that's frightening. Yeah, he had no security. Yeah. You know, but the, uh, guy, had a, the guy had a, something on his keychain that was like a little knife. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, typical Democrat. No, no, the media is not going to cover it, you know. But uh, they want to cover J6 when... <laughs> You know, the, it's proof to me they were saying, they were trying to say, well, what was Trump doing all this time while they were uh, going into the Capitol? Uh, he was watching TV. He was watching things unfold on TV. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're trying to make fun of Trump for that. That just tells me that Trump had no idea that this was going to happen. Yeah. And he was trying to figure out what was going on yeah. by watching television. Right? So this vindicates him. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it absolutely clears him. Right. So, um, you know, they, because they don't have the truth on their side and they're fit, trying to fit a square right. peg in a round hole. And and by the time we get the house back, right, in 2022, uh, well, for January uh, 2023, by the time we get uh, in charge of the committees again, what, what's going to ultimately happen is... Um, is is that it's going to be an old story. So they're going to milk this. They're going to revisit and come back in September. But I don't think this is going to help them because it, all it's doing, you know how they say uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity? Yes. You know, and... Your, uh, your dad says that. Yeah, that's my dad says that. And um, Roger Stone also said the worst thing uh, what's worse than bad publicity is no publicity because yes. not you're not relevant if they're not talking about you well my my mother used to say the same thing about the bad uh, about um the importance is, uh, is having publicity and and she used to say just spell my name right that's all that matters <laughs> right so um the way you would take your country back is first 2022 and then 2024 if if you get uh, trump now, someone made a good point, and they said this. Trump only has one term. Yeah. And it's really hard for a party to win four terms in a row. Yeah. it's Three seems to be the, uh, the, the max. The, the, yeah. the max. So this would prove very well for DeSantis because or any VP candidate to Trump. And the reason why is Trump cannot run again, right? So not only for age's sake— but, you know, because he'll be pretty long in the tooth there um, by the time uh, 2028 rolls around. But the other part is that you could run your whole presidency grooming someone like DeSantis to really take charge of some really great policies. And, you know, given that DeSantis is such a winner, like the opposite of Kamala, who's such a loser. Right. Um, that... He could turn, he can make anything great. I yeah. think DeSantis is that great of a leader. 
And he's only 43 right now. Um, he would be and his four, wife be, is amazing. Yeah, she is. Casey, yeah. He would be uh, what, 45, 46 if, if, yeah. uh, at the time that um, he would, uh, if Trump were to run. So, so he added a little bit late. He would be just around 50. I saw his but, wife speak yesterday. Yeah. And I was so blown away how impressive she was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that um, so you get uh, 2028, DeSantis becomes president, 20. 32 he becomes president again 2036 yeah. do you know how much we could take our country back you know how many how much wall we could build oh a lot of wall you know how much military <laughs> we can get back you know how many transvestites we can get out of our military and kick them out yeah, I always, I'm always creeped out when you post those images on Twitter where you show people in the like the mess hall dressed up like a woman. I mean, it's not, you know, it was Camp funny. Lejeune. It, Lejeune. It, it was yeah, Camp Lejeune. It was funny in Mash because uh, the Jamie Farr character actually was straight. Corporal and was, Klinger. Corporal Klinger was actually trying to wear the dress to get out of the military, and in the last season or two, he went, he started wearing pants. If people recall, right. So the so the gag stopped. You know, now it's not funny because there are people who actually have this distorted perception. It's no longer a gag. No, and then you take a look at the Russian military and stuff, and these guys are all like a lot of testosterone, a lot of a lot of manliness going on with the Russian army. You know, uh, but with ours, it's, and, and that's what they're doing. I mean, I was, said this yesterday. It's hard to cheer on our Olympic team when you have someone like Rapinoe from yeah. the soccer league. Yeah, you know. Or these these um, athletes that are just basically putting their fists up in the air, or taking a knee, or uh, not not putting their hand over their heart for the American national anthem. Well, just, it's just like how do you support that? You don't. Uh, you don't. Well, just as journalism has moved towards, uh, moved away from reporting of just the facts, folks, to activism, you have athletes who, instead of going out and playing the game, are out there trying to make a statement. And of course, you've had Hollywood doing it for years. Yeah. So you you really have to move. We really need to have a return to people going back to their lanes. We have to get control of the election rigging. Yeah. The, these machines and the mail-in balloting and the ballot harvesting, we have to. And, you know, they, they've made a lot of great strides in conservative states. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's those battleground states. It's, it's the states like Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. You know, and the other thing is I think Florida is gone for the Democrats. I don't think the Democrats stand a snowball's chance in Florida. I agree. Of, of winning Florida. Do you, do, you, do, you get, do you follow me? Oh, I follow on you. That? Um, but this is another problem that they're going to have, uh, the Democrats, come 20, the, the election in November. By the way, it, uh, it's worth mentioning again, Liz Cheney's trailing her primary opponent. By about 20 points, right? 22 yeah. points, the last poll that came out. So thank goodness. You know, I was so afraid because, you know, in a, in a con- congressional district, especially with gerrymandering, um, and the Cheney's power and control in Wyoming. Uh, I was very worried. Uh, that's, that gives me a little hope because yeah. it's easy to win a district. You know, Ocasio-Cortez won. Ocasio-Cortez won her district with 15,000 votes. Right. You could almost, with the amount of money they flooded into her camp, you could almost pay every voter $1,000. And what, what is that? That's uh, $1.5 million? Yeah. You know, uh, that's nothing compared to the money they got. I'll pay you $1,000 if you vote for me. Give me your ballot. 
You know, you can get 15,000 votes just by buying them. I'm, I'm still flabbergasted that she became a U.S. congresswoman. But, but you'd be surprised at some of these small districts, how small the number is for them to get elected and gain power. Yeah. So I want, to, I want you to take a listen to Van Jones. Van Jones talking about the black vote and what, how this is hurting the Democrat Party. And I think for uh, African-American voters in particular, there's a special heartbreak because, first of all, the pain is more intense. Uh, you know, the, the rising uh, gas prices, food prices, it's really walloped the black community in a particular way. And, but the hopes were so much higher. And so you have a community that came out in huge numbers in 2018, huge numbers in 2020, expecting things to get a lot better. And instead, economically at least, it didn't come true. It, it got worse. And so you're going through a summer now of real heartbreak with black voters. The polls show that. And uh, I think Biden's got to take it very seriously. And I think for uh, African-American voters in particular, there's a special heartbreak because, first of all, the pain is more intense. Uh, you know, the, the rising uh, gas prices, food prices, it's really walloped the black oh. community. Oh, we, we heard that twice. <laughs> okay. You know why? You know why? Because I was reading a text. I haven't fully read this yet, but someone texted me um, and they said, uh, January 6th commission is for the insurrection insurrection clause of the 14th amendment any public official cannot run for office if they are involved in an insurrection that's why they're doing it oh that's why they're using the word insurrection too yeah yeah okay that's a good point so that's why they are going uh doing it to go after all trump related figures as well as himself right of course that's why they keep on saying insurrection over and over again they're trying because it's an infiltration. It was an infiltration right. from the FBI and the right. CIA. Yep. But yeah, and I I know this uh, person who uh, wrote in. I think his name's Gary. But um, in any case, uh, thank you for uh, writing that in. If you're if you're listening, uh, maybe they're not even listening. Maybe, maybe he texts just, me every once in a while. Well, maybe they're just writing in. But um, yeah, and Lynn Lynn from uh, Orlando area, uh, she wrote. Um, uh, so so and so and so got a got a uh, medal of freedom uh, by Joe. Who was that? Um, I it was a woman that. Uh, in any case, I like to try to you know if people text me during the show, I'll try to read them. It's almost like a people who call in. People have been calling in lately because uh, I think uh, some people just want to listen instead of call in. I don't know. Well, the call-in line's on, right? <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes you don't turn it on. I mean, that could be the other reason. Oh, we've had all kinds of trouble with that. Um, and here's another thing. Uh, this is Steve Forbes. Um, I wanted to play this. This has to do with the economy. Um, there's a really good channel on YouTube, Forbes uh, Forbes channel. It's very good. It's, uh, what they do is they provide a lot of clips of the committee hearings. Um, so it's not ba- it's not a bad thing to have. Here we go. The combination of inflation and food shortages is putting numerous nations on the brink of disaster. A few, most notably Sri Lanka, are already in chaos. All too many countries are particularly vulnerable because they loaded themselves up with debt during the easy money years after the financial crisis of 2008 and 09, when interest rates were virtually non-existent. With the cost of money rising and open-ended central banks' ATMs now closing, scores of these governments can no longer service their debts. For a number of poorer nations, 
This means not only already shrinking paltry incomes for people already in real poverty, but also outright hunger, if not famine. What's disturbing is that the amount of money these countries owes is unknown. China has lent prodigious amounts of money to a number of nations, and transparency here is hardly robust. The International Monetary Fund, the IMF, is supposed to be the economic doctor countries turn to when they get in trouble. IMF teams fly into the stricken nation and negotiate, in the Tony Soprano sense of the word, the terms to get bailout money. The problem is the IMF is guilty of economic quackery on a global scale. Its foremost demand is that a country devalue its currency. Making a currency less valuable is the very definition of inflation. It's like telling somebody with pneumonia to go sit in the snow. The IMF thinks the cure for inflation is making people poorer, so taxes are raised. The agency also orders the removal of politically popular subsidies, usually for certain foods and fuel. In principle, that's fine, but the timing here is dreadful. People, mostly on the margin, are seeing life supports disappearing. Riots result. Instead, the IMF should be prescribing what economic expert Nathan Lewis dubs the magic formula, low tax rates and stable money. The formula always works. Instead of devaluations, countries should adopt currency boards, whereby their money is fixed to a reliable currency, like the Swiss franc. Currency boards unfailingly stop inflation in its tracks. Yet the IMF's record of cockeyed counterproductive remedies has yet to provoke a serious challenge from its major donors, primarily the U.S. With so many countries in desperate straits, this chronic malfeasance will lead to unnecessary death and provoke destructive turmoil. True, the countries the IMF ministers to are usually guilty of reckless spending and too much government control of the economy, but that doesn't warrant administering to them patent medicines. Take perennially mismanaged Pakistan, which just negotiated an IMF rescue package. True to form, the IMF imposed higher taxes and the elimination of fuel subsidies. The newly installed government got shellacked in provincial elections and may collapse as a result. I'm Steve Forbes. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that was a good piece. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, that that uh, texter mm-hmm. said, yeah. I'm listening. Thanks. I'm flattered, Scott. So, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, who was the head of? Uh, uh, well, well, the, the who you're speaking of is Christine Lagarde, who used to be yeah. the head of IMF. She A is radical now, globalist socialist. She is now the president of the European Central Bank. She is no longer the head of yeah, the she, IMF. And she works with uh, people like Samantha Power, and you know all these different aid functions. That what he said too is is so right. It's like Soprano-style money, you know, like money. uh, We need a loan, you know, we need some help. We need a bailout. But devaluing the money is is the problem, and that's what the globalists want to do. He hit the nail on the head there. Devaluing our currency is inflation, and that is exactly the opposite of what Trump did. The reason why Trump was so successful is because... He took out the regulatory barriers out of the way. Well, exactly. He allowed commerce to prosper. He also put oil back into business. Yeah. He opened up fracking, and he opened up clean, uh, 
clean coal, uh, coal fire plants <clears throat> that support electrical grids. Um, I mean, what Trump did was every single move he made was to benefit America. Yeah. And it was n- no brainer. You want to get rid of ISIS? No problem. ISIS was not a formidable force. But we were financing ISIS because they were disrupting Syria and they were creating a refugee crisis uh, on purpose because they wanted the refugees to come to Germany. uh, And Angela Merkel benefited Mm -hmm. from that cheap labor. They're moving populations around like sheep in corrals. And they're doing it with open borders. They're doing it with enticing people to leave their country to come to ours. And the corporations are sponsoring this because... They want that cheap labor. Like I've said numbers of times in the past, it's not enough for these multinational corporations to benefit from Chinese slave labor camps. Okay? Mm-hmm. There are slave labor manufacturing where people live in the factory like slaves, mm-hmm. shackled to the factory. They're not allowed to leave because they actually incur a debt to the corporation. They have to work off that debt. Right. They never pay it off. The Uyghurs are prisoners because of their political, their their religious beliefs, and so China is is just a terrible place, right? But they're doing business with China, more business. Just ask Hunter Biden. Now, the problem with that is for the hotels and hospitality suites, and for the American um, agriculture, like the vineyards, like Nancy Pelosi's vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of these other uh, uh, aspects of life, whether it's the gig economy, Lyft and Uber, you know, they want to keep these low-skilled jobs because anybody can drive, anybody can dig dirt, and anybody can plow a field, and anybody can um, w- turn on and off a dishwasher and work like, un- you know, unspeakable hours in in poor conditions in the basement of a restaurant or a hotel anybody can change a bed right so these low-skilled jobs you know to to, to, uh in hospitality in agriculture in the meat packing plants the garbage collection you name it and these corporations want access to that because it's not just enough to get the benefit of slave labor in china they want to import slave labor here in america so that they can, um, so they can, they can maximize their profits here, because there's still a lot of things that you can't import. You have to have it here. Yeah, and that's the problem. And I would say it's a double-edged sword where the unions uh, follow the lead of the Democrats. They support the Democrats. The unions do, but it's really the unions that have driven the cost of of, of manufacturing up in America. Mm-hmm. And it was in the 70s when things started to become more global. And I remember growing up in the steel Ohio Valley, you know, the steel mills and the coal plants. And that was my environment growing up. And and they, uh, you know, we, we were saying buy America and we had these cars that we were making and Japan was out out outpacing us Mm -hmm. there was a really good movie called gung ho actually with michael keaton um that uh kind of addressed that but they were eating our lunch and they were producing a lot better and and a lot cheaper and the reason why they didn't have these unions 
These unions were the were the chief principal destruction of Detroit. Detroit was at one point the, one of the richest cities in the world, one of the richest cities, because it was the capital of automo- the automobile, Detroit. And next thing you know, in 1960 or thereabouts, it went from Republican leadership to Democrat leadership, and the Democrats got in bed with the unions and the mob, just think of Jimmy Hoffa, and all of that went away, and Detroit went bankrupt. And, you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, those are, those are things we have to put a stop to. Um, here's a couple of li- little clips I have that I want to play. Uh, this is the one where New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that rising number of illegal immigrants is a real burden for New Yorkers. Huh? This is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, we already, as I stated, we already have an overburdened shelter system. So now we're talking about, as you stated, food, clothing, school. This is going to impact our uh, our schools because we do not turn away individuals because they're undocumented. Uh, translation services. There's just a whole host of things that this is going to produce, and that's why we need we need help and getting this done, and we need the right coordination to make it happen. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, you always have these virtual signals. I love that uh, when Ben Shapiro or Dinesh D'Souza Mm -hmm. or um, a lot of these uh, people that go around from campus to campus and speak. Yeah. uh, Charlie Kirk comes to Mm -hmm. mind. Um, They go to campuses, and you always hear these liberals, students. Yeah. Say things like like uh, just grandi- grandiose ideas. They have no idea where the money comes from. They just think, oh, we need to give uh, money for this and give money for that and give money for the next thing. And it's like, okay, well, well let's start with you. Mm-hmm. Let's take the money out of your pocket right now. And why don't you go ahead and make a donation, put it here in the cup, and I'll see to it that it gets over here. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. I want you to pay. You know, I want all the rich people to pay. And it, it's easy to, to say you want this pie-in-the-sky utopia for everybody, like socialism or whatever, but so, like Margaret Thatcher said, sooner or long you run out of I other people's, other people's money. money yep. And they don't want to spend their own money. And they, they want to actually live off the dime, uh, the dole. Um, here's a case where Jerry Nadler doesn't even know what AR stands for with 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 regard to the uh, so-called assault rifle, which is a, a Democrat made-up term, okay? So listen to this. Uh, Chairman Nadler, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you know what the AR... So, so he says, Chairman Nadler, Jerry Nadler, the committee chair, mm-hmm. he, he says, Chairman Nadler, and this is a congressman, Chairman Nadler... Um, uh, yeah, his name is Rischenthaler or something like that. Um, but Jim Jordan retweeted this, and he says, Chairman Nadler, uh, do you know what the AR stands for? I know I know our listeners do, but let's take a listen. Chairman Nadler, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you know what the AR and AR-15 stands for? His mic was off for a second. It's an assault rifle. Assault rifle. So that's not... Um, Mr. Massey, you know what it stands for? Armorite is original manufacturer. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Massey, a con- Republican congressman, knows. Yeah. You know? Yeah. These Democrats are so stupid. How can Jer- Jerry Nadler not know the answer to that question? I don't know. I mean, it's Armalite, <laughs> you yeah. know? Armalite rifle. Just like the uh, AK is a Kalishnikov yeah. rifle. Yeah. AK. Um, but um, they didn't know. That's how out to lunch these people are with these policies. So here's another one. Um, this is related to climate change because they're lying to us, right? So this is a, a the uh, former head of the founder of the Weather Channel uh, having a conversation with Brian Stelter. This one's pretty good. Clear, Mr. Kenny's not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot of cable news. Hold on just a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney, and yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform, and I regret it's become political instead of scientific, but the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I though, is when not, you see... I know we're not, because you wouldn't allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I is do, no global warming. What I do wonder is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree... Do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, the the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party of position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. It's real simple. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to refute you Boy, on that's the, facts. the truth. So I'll simply so say that the vast stand majority... back from this, from this issue and let the two sides be on the air. Yeah, that's all the Republicans want. Let's mm. have an honest yeah. debate. Yeah. Let's not just, you know... And so... Uh, that's you know and here's just one small clip leonard nimoy this is when he was talking about the ice age back leonard nimoy otherwise known as mr spock yeah times in the past million years it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity if we are unprepared for the next advance the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history what scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought during the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. So so th- why do you think it is that they want to scare you? 
into the, but what what is their agenda there? You well, know, like their what agenda to, is completely to scare you, to control they, you, to control you, and, and to this, regulate and, you, and not to beat a dead horse to death. But this is the same thing that's happened with COVID. They're doing this with everything. They're doing this with the climate agenda. They're doing this with the health agenda. Everything is about frightening people into submission, and we just have to not allow ourselves to be frightened. Right. And then here, uh, here's Chuck Schumer talking about a uh, new term called replacement theory. Have you heard of it? Well, it's not really all that new, but uh, but it but it. I just I, started hearing. Well, it. maybe you've just started hearing it, but it's all it's not new, and it's not an American term. Let me just clarify that it's something you hear in europe it's it's something they talk about you know um actually i wrote about it and when i when i talked about the french elections it's but people who the problem is what he was trying to do with uh, uh tucker carlson when he made that comment was he was trying to intimate that Tucker Carlson is being racist because yeah. the idea that people that are not white are infiltrating Europe or infiltrating the United States, that's the great replacement theory. So I wrote this yesterday. I said the left invented a new label. Okay, maybe not so new. <laughs> Replace a replacement theory to identify American citizens who oppose lawless Ill- illegal immigration and open borders. They've done it before with Black Lives Matter when Americans who believe all lives matter equally, simply oppose violent Marxist morons and equity. Which, you know, I always say Marxist morons, Black Lives Matter, same thing. But, you know, the thing is, is that they come up with these catchy phrases, climate change. Remember what was global warming until what? Until the the globe wasn't getting warmed. Yeah, exactly. And here's, here's a good case in point to that. Um, well, first, we're going to hear what Chuck Schumer had, and then Ted Cruz, I'm going to play something there as well. Hold on, let's Last take a night, listen. Fox News host Tucker Carlson began his primetime show with another deranged rant on the conspiracy theory known as the Great Replacement. This racist theory, which asserts that a conspiracy exists to replace white Americans with immigrants and people of color, motivated a white supremacist to gun down 10 black Americans at a grocery store in my home state of New York in Buffalo just over two months ago. Here's what Mr. Carlson said last night among many deranged things. This is, these are his words. Quote, sometimes around 1965, our leaders stopped trying to make the United States a hospitable place for American citizens, their constituents, to have their own families. They just imported new people. That's literally what happened. Can you believe someone said that on a national network? So he calls for censorship, and he wants Fox to throw Tucker Carlson off the air. Right. So um, also yesterday, uh, Nancy Pelosi was asked about um, whether or not she's given her husband some stock trade tips. And, of course, she's performing better than Warren Buffett. And she flatly denied it. But um, people are there's a there's a post over in the New York Post called Stock Raving Mad. The Pelosi's have an inside track and it must end. But Congress in general is doing the same thing. Well, let's take a listen to the first part of the uh, audio clip that I have with Ted Cruz asking the guy for the head of the Sierra Club uh, about climate change. You said that the science behind climate change and its effect on minority communities, quote, should not be up for debate. 
I'm curious, is, is the Sierra Club, is, is this a frequent practice to declare areas of science not up for debate, not up for consideration of what the evidence and data show? If you're right. If you are relying on the evidence and data, you know, the science, the preponderance of the evidence are there. But, 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 but that's a different thing than saying we should not debate a question, that the Sierra Club has, has declared this scientific issue resolved and there should be no debate. Based upon the preponderance of the evidence, the science is settled. But the thing is, is that anything is up for de debate, Senator. We can debate anything. Well, you know, I would note that the, even the phrase preponderance of the ev evidence, having been a practicing lawyer for many years, means 51 percent. That means 49, at least 51 percent is what the preponderance means. Uh, you know, I would ask, for example, if you want to end debate, you don't want to address the facts, how do you address the fact that in the last 18 years the satellite data show no demonstrable warming whatsoever? Sir, I would rely upon the Union of Concerned Scientists, and I would rely upon the evidence, and again, from our own NOAA officials. Uh, the data are there. Uh, is it correct that the satellite data over the last 18 years demonstrate no significant warming? No. How is it incorrect? Seeks counsel to answer that simple question. Based upon our experts, it's been refuted long ago, and there is no long. It's not up for a scientific debate. I'm curious if so. so it's it's. I, I want to understand this. I do find it highly interesting that the president of the Sierra Club, when when asked what the satellite data demonstrate about warming, um, apparently is is relying on on staff. So so. You, the, the, the nice thing about the satellite data is these are objective numbers. Correct. And the numbers over the last 18 years, are you familiar with the phrase, the pause? Well, you get to, you get to see where I, this is going. Yeah, I, see where it's going, <laughs> I wish yeah. we could play the whole clip. But um, it's... It's they're making this stuff up as they go along. Yeah. Yes, the Russian hoax was made up. Jesse Smollett made up his thing. Yep, they just make stuff up. And what and they the media... do is they make it up. They you know, and it's revealed. They never walk it back in front of full view of everybody. Yeah. So uh, tell us how we can uh, find out your about your. Um, new article again it's going to be up sometime this weekend go to spectator.org look on uh, it might be on the if it's not on the front page which it probably will be this weekend um if you uh, you go afterwards just google um, um go through the authors author drop down yeah. box l first name leonora and i'm the only leonora there leonora All right. you'll find you'll find sounds it great. there sounds great well i want to thank everybody for tuning in today be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapac.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies each and every day to make America great again. If you go over to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code, Red State. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Carvada. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Come now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.